0: Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. Good to see each and every one of you guys and your smiling faces, so... Yes, it's good to see you. So, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will be sad and mope no. and complain no. and grieve, and I like barely get out of bed in the morning. That's not what it says, though, is it? No. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will. Why? What? Rejoice. I couldn't hear you guys. But I will rejoice and be sad. And be what? Glad. Glad in it. In what? God made it. Like, He's the, the one who created the sun and the moon and the stars. That's the same one who lives in your heart. That's the same one who loves you. That's the same. same that's our daddy. That's our. Like, we can say that's our king. That's our savior. That's our. You know, God's our daddy. You know, we are one with Christ, we're seated with Him. At the right hand, he's like, like, we're joint heirs with Jesus, and he lives in us, and we live in him. And so, there's like, even when it seems like there's nothing on the outside to rejoice in, guess what? We can rejoice. Why? Because this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be what? I'll be what? I can't hear you guys. I don't know. It's like my ears. What? One, two, three. Glad, Glad. yeah, we'll have trash bags. Like, I even want my trash bags to be happy, so I buy glad, right? If I want a new start, I get dawn dishwashing soap, because it's the dawn of a new day. And if things aren't going exactly like I like, I go get Tide because it'll change the tide, you know? So you can, like, never mind. Like, Pastor James, just shut up and, and go to the Word. Good good thing I brought my Bible, right? <laughs> You're like, thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's see, um, I had a great last weekend. I um, actually took off, and my wife come to me, and she's like, we need a weekend. And tell me, like, for a month, because it seems like every vacation we have has to do with horses or church. And she's like, I need a vacation, because she's been working full-time and going to school at night, and and she, she's like, I just want time. I just need a break. I want, want you to come with me and let's just go away for, for a few days. And, and I was like, okay, okay. So, so um, thank you guys for allowing me that opportunity to get away. Although I think that um, between trying to volunteer me to be the, the rodeo clown at the rodeo <laughs> and um, the roller coaster she had us ride in Leavenworth, I think she's probably up in my life insurance, <laughs> so she's like, "I'm gonna figure this thing out, right?" So we got the—they've got an awesome roller coaster in Leavenworth, and it is so fun. Like, like, like I like roller coasters. Like I've always liked roller coasters, and I don't—I don't know why. Like Space Mountain. Like maybe because roller coasters are like life. You know, it is. Like you—you'll be going up one minute, and then like. When it'll be so sudden, it'll get your tummy, right? And then pretty soon you're up again, and then it turns, and it's around, and it's around. But you know what's real cool about it? Is we always survive the roller coaster. No matter how scared we are, no matter how, how up and down it seems, no matter how much it turns around, we always survive, and we always make it. And so that's a lot like life is for us, too. We always think that life's like this. Like, you ever go to the hospital and see a heart monitor? If that heart monitor is like this, it's not good, right? In fact, you'll get a whole lot of attention because there will be like people running it. Not that I'm speaking from experience, right? But I've watched plenty of uh, TV shows, right? And so you see it and they come rushing in, right? Why? Because it's flat. There's nothing to it. So life gives us opportunity where we can go up and down, up and down. Now, I'm hoping that my... That a certain point in our life where it's like this, going up and down, but you're going to have ups and downs in life. You're going to have challenges. You're going to have struggles, and, and you're going to go through things. Every person in the Bible went through things even after God told them to go somewhere. Remember Abraham? God said, I want you to get your family. I want you to leave, and I want you to go to a place that I'm going to tell you, Right? And everything was perfect after that. He had no challenges at all after that. No? That, that's not how it went? Man. So, I think in life we've got to realize that we're no different than Abraham. We're, we're no different than anyone else. And it is, those challenges are made to allow, not made to allow us to grow, but they come along and they allow us to grow, that allow us to breathe, that allow us to experience that God's still bigger than anything that we're going to face, still bigger than anything that we're going to, going to come up against, and it's going to give us the opportunity to grow, and I love that, because in Hebrews 11, 1, it says this, now, faith, or is it later, no. La- yeah. later doubt, No, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. I always thought this was the stupidest verse. (laughs) Right? It's like, I got to have faith? Like faith is, no, faith is being sure. Uh, One scripture says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things unseen. What's, what's going on here? What's God trying to tell us? He's trying to tell us that this whole Bible is about one thing. It's about our walk with God. and It's about walking in the spirit, right? How we are spiritual beings, right? We're in a physical body, but we are spiritual beings. We're made in God's image. Like The only thing that separates us from, from the animals is we have free will. Right, we have free will. We have, we have have a, a consciousness. We have an awareness. We have a, a being. Right. That's why they call us human beings. As much as I love horses, they don't call them equine beings. They don't call dogs canine beings. Right. They don't call. But they call us, even though they are beings. They're here. Right, But there's something that God created in us that created he created in his image and in his likeness that's bigger than what you can see on the outside. It's bigger than, than, than um, what we can feel. It's bigger than what we can taste. It's bigger than what we can touch. God's like, I'm bigger than that. We always think, well, I'm made in God's image, so God must be really handsome. Because I looked in the mirror, and man, whoo, God is one hot-looking dude right but that's not what he's talking about cuz the bible says that god picked up the dirt now I want to remind you cuz everyone says well women were were made from a rib right men were made from dirt so so women you got it up on us but i i do have to say god took holy eden paradise dirt we're made out of paradise dirt right you guys are just made out of human rib right so here here Anyway, so, so God took the paradise dirt, and you know what he did? He formed a man, and then he breathed his life into him. And he says, and, and it's, it's like he's the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. He's the one that took dirt, whether it was in paradise or anywhere else. He took dirt and formed it into a man. And then he breathed his essence and he breathed his life into it. And that life and that connection that we have in God is not something that that is like, oh, well, we're here now. Well, then we're going to die and then it's just gone. No, who we really are will live forever. It's something that, that you can't take away from us. It's something that never disappears. It is who we really are. We are spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. What's, what's he talking about? He's wanting us to live out of our spirit, out of our identity. And when we do, that's for the saving of our souls. We, we are a spirit. We live in a body and we have a soul. What's our soul? It's our mind. It's our will. And it's our emotions. They're all connected. So, so sometimes our spirit... It is completely whole in Jesus, but sometimes we have wounds in our soul. Sometimes we have trauma that that where where like maybe you're afraid of a roller coaster. Maybe you got really scared when 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 you're a kid. I remember my mom. We were at Frontier City in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and um, we were trying to get my mom on the log ride. My mom was scared of them. And I don't know why she had this trauma thing about about heights dropping. And so we're like, you know what, Mom? It's not that bad. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, it barely drops. Like, you're not even going to feel it. And so my other little, my youngest sister was in there with her, and she's like, well, I'll ride it if Mom rides it. Mom's like, okay, I'll ride it. So they got in the log ride, and we got to go down first. And we're like, yeah, this is awesome, you know? Gets splashed all over water. And then I look up, and I see my mom up at the top. And she's like, no, no, no. And she's grabbing like a hold of the side and my little sister's like trying to jump out. And, and I'm like, she's like nine years younger than me, you know. And, so, and I'm like, oh my God, they're going to they're gonna kill themselves if they don't watch themselves, right? And then that thing dropped and I seen the look of terror on my mom's face. And as funny as it was, I was, I was like, I was like, I didn't know whether to laugh or, or to feel so bad because she was so afraid. And it come down and splashed. And about an hour after she come back around from being afraid, she almost killed me. <laughs> right? She only, like I was, I'm lucky to be here, right? But there was something that was terrifying about that. But you know what? That log ride was safe. Nobody dies from it. Like, little kids, old, older people, all ages get on that thing, and they go down that thing, and there was nothing to be afraid of. But sometimes we have this thing inside us that's afraid, e- even when it doesn't look like. And it might, not seem, it might not seem like a legitimate fear, because we're not afraid of something. But it is to that person. I worked at a ranch and a kid named Jay. Like he would, we'd go out and we'd gather cattle, and so I'd ride a horse and he'd ride a four wheeler. He's like, I ain't getting on a horse. And I was like, Why ain't you getting on a horse? He goes, Those things will kill you. And I was like, He's riding a motorcycle all around. I was like, I'd rather ride a horse than a motorcycle, right? And and so we'd go out there and we got to where we were really good together. Like like where the the like, 'cause he could cover a lot more ground a lot faster, so he could go all around here, and then I could keep driving the horses, or if they go, or the cattle, or if they'd go down a the ravine, then I could just drop down in the ravine and drive them back up, and it worked really good, and it was really cool, and so he was afraid of the horse, and I was afraid of his motorcycle, because he had this big Honda Goldwing thing, and he's like, James, you got to ride with me, I was I ain't riding those things, these things will kill you, he's like, what are you riding that horse, that horse? I was like, that horse ain't going to kill me. Right, And he's like, well, i seen that horse buck you off into a fence, and you had to have stitches, right? And I was like, yeah, but he didn't kill me. Like, horses aren't dangerous. That thing's dangerous. And he's like, what would it take for you to ride my motorcycle with me? He's like, I'll even drive it. I was like, I'll tell you what it'll take. I'll ride. I went to, went to church about 45 minutes away. I was like, if you drive me to church, and stay in the church service with me. I'll ride with you. And I thought, well, I'm getting him to church, so surely God will see this as a a favor. And he'll be like, okay, we'll get him there alive because this guy needs to get saved because he's not saved yet. And I thought I had angels like all around me going there. But you know what? I was still afraid. I was still terrified, right, the whole way. And then when I got there, I didn't ride back with him. I was like, I rode back in a car, right? So there's no justification for me to be afraid of that. There was no justification for him to be afraid of the horse. But there was something that he was afraid of, and it was a legit fear. It was a, lit, a legit terror. And sometimes we've gone through things, and it's hurt. It's, it's caused us fear inside us. And that's not our spirit. That's our soul. That That's our mind. That's our will. That's our emotions. And then we start trying to live... Look, our, our body tries to start taking over and start trying to protect us, right? Someone comes up and they punch you. They just start punching you. Then pretty soon someone comes up and moves their hand. Do you know what you're going to do? You're going to have a reflex, right? Why? Because your body's just naturally, like you're not even going to do it. It's just naturally going to try to protect you. And so we go into these phases where we're just trying to protect ourselves because we've had this wound or we've had this hurt. Or we've had this fear. Or we're like, you know what? I've never experienced this before, so this could be really bad. And then we finally experience it, and we're like, well, that's not so bad. Or, or we're, those things just scare us to the point where we don't move. I've watched that with horses. Horses have a fight. They're either going to do three things. They're going to fight. They're going to run. It's called flight. Or they're going to stall up. And that's usually when they soul ups when a predator's coming and they're tired of fighting and, and running. And you know what they're going to do? They're just going to let you eat them. Right? And some of us get out of living from the spirit and allow those wounds and those hurts to get us to where we're reacting just like a common animal. Not that I believe the animals are common in any way, shape, or form. But we start acting... Out of, we're going to run, or we're going to fight, or we're just going to give up. I was like, I don't want you to live like that. I want you to know that greater is he who's in heaven that's coming back someday. Greater is he that's who? Where? In us. Greater is he that is where? In us. Than he that's in the world. Right? My God is able to supply all my needs according to His riches and glory, according to the power that works where? Within where? Within us. Do you know what he's trying to say? Christ in heaven, the hope of glory. Christ in who? Christ in me, the hope of glory. So now when we realize that we're a spirit and that Christ is in us. We're one with him and he's one with us. Now we have a security and now we have a strength and now we have a hope that we can say, you know something? There's more to this than just me. I'm not alone. When I was riding on the back of that motorcycle, I knew I wasn't alone. Like, I really believe I was like in a buffer of angels going there because I was like, I don't know if he loves me, but I know he loves this guy enough <laughs> that that we're going to get there okay, right? I had a re- a, a trust in him that everything was going to be fine because i knew that he loved me and that is what sets our hearts in security is not not having great faith but in resting in the fact that he loves us right i was in in samuel first samuel you guys like samuel And so we see Saul, and and the people wanted a king because God wasn't good enough. The creator of the universe wasn't good enough. So they're like, hey, we'd like a human king. Like, you know, all the pillar of fire and the smoke and the part in the Red Sea and all that stuff. That's really cool. But we'd really like just a common dude. How many of us do that? You know, God, you're cool. I, I, I I need this answered or i need this prayer answered or i need this provision and so we all go looking for a a way that a man can do it or this world can do it rather than saying father i'm just going to trust you your word says you'll do this then am i going to trust your word and trust you that you are the provider and the king of the universe and the one who spoke the world into existence is exponentially growing to this day as we speak or am i going to look for a man Remember the dude at the pool of Bethsaida? And, and the, the um, waters are, are getting all stirred up, right? And, um, Is it Bethsaida? Yeah, I think it's Bethsaida. The waters are getting scur- all, all stirred up, and the people would jump in. The first one that got in would be healed, right? And so Jesus comes along, and this dude's got his mat, and he's like, Why are you sitting here? He's like, I ain't got a man like, I have no man to help me get there. You know what he's saying? uh, His faith wasn't in the fact that all he had to do was get to a pool where the miracle was, the living water, and now the living water himself was standing in front of him. And he's like, well, I have no man. I have no man to help me. I have no man to do this. And and you know what Jesus said? Just lay here, you're sorry, sucker. You have no faith. Like, you're just giving up. You're not in fight or flight. You're just in the sold-up mood. You know what Jesus said? He said, just stay there, right? He said, what? Pick up something. What are you telling him to pick up? Pick up your mat and crawl. (laughs) Pick up your mat and walk. See, the whole time he thought he needed a man, but who he really needed was Jesus. All he needed was God. All he needed was a king of the universe who's not far and distant, but he's right here with, within us, right? So here Israel's asking for a man because God wasn't good enough. That's really what they're saying. God, you ain't good enough. All this stuff you've done for us, all these miracles we've seen, but you ain't good enough. I want a king. And so God said, fine. It's going to look good on the outside, but on the inside... Not so much. In fact, he's out chasing the donkeys for his uncle, and when he finds out that he's getting ready to be called to, to, to be anointed as a king, do you know what he does? They find him hiding behind his baggage. That's what they ask for. That's what they wanted. We want a mere man, one that doesn't even have the confidence to stand up that's still hiding behind his own baggage. That's who we want to be our king. And you know what I think is really cool? You know what Saul means in Hebrew? Ask for. His name literally means asked for. So they ask for a king, and God gave them a king named Ask For. Okay, here's what you ask for. Here you go and get it. If you ever have like your kids and they're wanting something, you're like, that won't be very good for you. Don't eat that. Like, and you know, well, well, I don't know if I should eat it. I, I really want it. I'm telling you, you don't want that. And they're like, yeah, I want that. I want that candy bar. I want that candy Okay, here you go. You ask for it. I mean, if to do that. That's what guys like. Here, but this wasn't just a candy bar. This, this wasn't something that would be funny and get all over their face or something and be messy. This is something that was really serious because this was their lives. God gave them what they asked for. I love it. There's another dude in the Bible. His name was Saul. You guys remember the New Testament, Saul? His name started out with ask for it. Now, Saul gave everybody what they asked for because he he was a Jew of Jews. He knew the Torah. He had trained under the greatest rabbis, and he knew, he knew the Scripture, but yet here he was holding the cloak while they were killing Christians. He had a zeal for that until God... Jesus showed up knocked him off his horse and changed his life. Changed his name from Saul to what? To Paul. What does Paul mean? Paul means small. Not just small, but a small whisper that propagates into a roaring multitude. Extraordinary. Distinguished. It may look small, but it's going to go into something that's roaring, and that that that, that will, will be distinguished, and it, and it it will be exponentially greater than you ever dreamed. And that's what Paul Paul did. Like you look at Paul and you say, "Well, he's just one dude getting thrown in jail all over the place. His life's over. He's writing letters." But well, look what those letters did, and look what God did through him. One thing I know: one um, one of my mentors, I I. I was um, listening the other day to this this dude, and he, he was awesome. But he was saying, when you don't know what to do, just do something. He's like, just start with what you can do. He's like, if you, you don't have no idea what to do, just get out of bed. Make your bed. Sweep the floor. Just get up and do something. If you don't know what to do, just do something, right? And so that's what's real important for us is to keep going. But so here, here God gives them what what they ask for, and then he blows it. So he goes to Samuel, who's heard of God, and God says, Guess what? I got this dude. I got got a different plan. This dude ain't working out. But since you guys still want a man, I'm going to give you a man. But I'm not going to give you a man that's hiding under the baggage. I'm going to give you a man who's after my own heart. See, because God didn't look on the outside. He looked where? on the inside, on the heart. So you get here and in verse chapter 16, one said, the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I've chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, how can I go? Samuel will hear about it and kill me. Or Saul will hear, hear about it and kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, "I am come, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord." Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. When it said, "Invite Jesse to the sacrifice," I was wondering if they were going to sacrifice him. I'm just messing with you guys, trying to keep, see if you guys are listening to me. You guys, wait. Okay, now Samuel did what the Lord said. And thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. You see, he's doing the same thing that they did with Saul. He's looking at this dude and he's like, man, that dude looks a lot like James Mays. <laughs> he's tall, he's handsome, he's charismatic, he's just got this charisma, right? He's like, that dude's got to be the king. You know what God said? No. Because James Mays is cool in his art too. right? He's like David in his heart, right? He said, watch this. He's like, nope, that's not him. So he goes and he's like, well, i got to find the second best. He said this, so when Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointing stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or, nor his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now faith is the evidence of things, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now God's saying, I don't look at things the way that a man looks at things. I, if he doesn't look like a look at a man like we look at a man, maybe he doesn't look at our circumstances like we look at our circumstances. Maybe even those people we don't like, maybe God don't look like look at him like we look at him. You no know what? Maybe he even loves those people. Could you believe that? Pretty big God, right? God saying, I'm looking at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab, and he had him pass in front of Samuel. And Samuel was like, what's to do with the parade, dude? I just want the king. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? Samuel's so like, I'm confused, dude. Like God told me I'm going to anoint one of your king one of your sons king. And all I got is these kids that God said, No, I ain't taking them. I got something different in mind. You know what Samuel's doing? He's walking by faith, listening to God. Not walking by sight. He's tra- trying to walk by sight, but at the same time, we can walk by sight in this physical world, but still be sensitive to our spirit and to the Holy Spirit living inside. Say, no, this isn't the way. This is the way. Walk in it. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. So Samuel's here listening to God. And he's like, dude, all you all you giving me is a parade and wasting my time. Don't you have another son? He's like, yeah, but it can't be him. Like have you seen David? Like like he's out in the sheep pasture. Like he he's out there taking care of the sheep. Like I didn't even have enough faith in David to bring him to this to this shindig. Man didn't have faith in David. Man didn't see what David who David was. But God did. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Because sometimes what we look at as small, God looks at as mighty. It's like a seed. It may look really small, but it contains great harvests. Not just a harvest. Harvests in them. Because when it it grows and puts another seed, more seeds out, then those seeds put more seeds out. And it exponentially multiplies. And so you can never judge stuff by just what you see. And so here he, he says, okay. And so he says, there's still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he is ten in the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not set down until he arrives. So he sent, sent and had him brought in. He was ready in fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. He is the one. So now I'm torturing you guys with all these names we got Saul let's ask for Samuel heard of God Saul Paul or Paul you know all these different names Jesse you know the Lord exists you know which I love that because Hebrews that says we those uh, he's a um, those who believe that he is he is a rewarder, rewarder of those who diligently seek him right And so, he is, right? So here's David. Does anybody know what David's name is in Hebrew? It means beloved. Here he is, the man who had a heart for God. The man who God saw his heart. His name was Beloved. You know what? When we know we're loved, it gives us a peace. It gives us a security. You watch David? He's like out in the pasture tending his sheep, and he loved his sheep, so he went and fought for his sheep, but he also, his name was beloved. His name was love. He's like, so love takes and, and defends his sheep, but at the same time, love has faith that God's going to deliver him the victory because he's going to kill that lion and that bear. And so love so big that when the enemy comes and the giant screaming at Israel, what they asked for was hiding, but loved. Stood up and said, Who are you to come against my God? He was offended by what the enemy was doing to Israel and into God. He said, I'm, lo- I, I'm beloved, man. He said, you know what? You're, who's this giant? You're just like a dog, man. Like, I faced the lion and the bear. You're a dog, man. I'll take your head off. You know why? Because he knew he was loved. When you know you're loved, it gives you a level of security that is beyond anything. In Deuteronomy 33, there's blessings given to all the tribes of Israel. And in verse 33, 12, there's a a blessing that's given to Benjamin. Benjamin, right? Benjamin means son of my right hand. You know, we're seated with Christ. Right? You know that he's seated at the right hand of God and we're in Christ, and he's in us. He, Jesus is the son at the right hand of God, right? And we're in him. It says this. Let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in him. Listen again. Let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in him. For he shields him all day long. And the one the Lord loved rests between his shoulders. Reminds me of John. Remember John in the Bible? He, he's like, like he's writing his story of Jesus, and he's like, "There's Peter, and then the disciple whom Jesus loved." John was the one who would lay down with his head on Jesus's heart. And rest. He knew he was loved. You know what's cool about John, too? Wasn't he the only one that wasn't martyred? They tried to kill him, tried to burn him in Nevada oil, didn't touch him. John knew something. Just like David, just like Jesus, Jesus knew he was the loved Son of God. You guys are loved, deeply loved by the King of the universe and by Jesus. And you can rest in that and watch what God will do in your life. Amen? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www dot baptist dot org